This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, bringing it to you one last time before the 2021 NFL Draft. We are finally there. The next time you'll hear this voice, we'll be breaking down said draft. But until we get there, there is still a lot of important things to talk about, especially this last week before the draft, before the picks are made. Some things, some questions need to be answered. Of course, we will know those answers come draft night. But as we sit here right now, there's a lot of things we do not know about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin's press conference did that unveil any kind of hints to what the Steelers may do? Honestly, I think the answer to that is a big resounding no. <laughs> Going back and listening to that press conference, I know a lot of fans want to say that for whatever reason, the Steelers are f- for sure confirmed getting a running back in the first round. To be honest with you, I think that's completely wrong. I think some people are just gripping at the fact that Kevin Colbert talked about running backs. The problem with that though, Kevin Colbert only talked about running backs because he was specifically asked about running backs and whether or not he thought they were first-round picks. Kevin Colbert's not going to say no to that. He's not going to limit himself to anything. If he said no, then took one, then that looks bad on him. If he said anything other than yes, then he's just putting himself in a bad position. Outside of that... Really, I think the biggest thing we learned from that press conference was the Steelers see Chooks a core for as their starting left tackle, meaning Zach Banner would be the starting right. He did also mention that things could change. That is not set in stone, but as we sit here right now, that's those are the guys in those spots. Also mentioned that Cam Sutton would start opposite of Joe Hayden, meaning the Steelers still need a nickel. So that kind of puts some perspective on the draft, what the Steelers might be thinking of doing, but it really doesn't add too much substance, really, and that's just the way the Steelers work. So without having any of these questions answered, to me, I I just looked at this entire process, looked at the Steelers roster, and looked at how some of the experts are talking, and I tried to compile a big board for you. 
some things we need to talk about before we get to said big board is some things that could eliminate the players uh, that the Steelers just flat out won't pick. I think it's very safe to say the Steelers will not take a defensive lineman like we've heard on the Steelers preview a couple weeks ago when uh, Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis gave us a nice little breakdown on what uh, the Steelers may or may not uh, need to do when it comes to positional rankings. Defensive linemen definitely atop that board. They're returning seven starter, seven players from the 2020 team. They only had seven spots, and that is a, a larger number of defensive linemen. The Steelers typically only carry six, so they, they carried an extra one in 2020, and they're returning them all. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to add to the defensive line. Outside of that, unless they're trading up for a quarterback, that's another spot that I'm just, there isn't the value at 24. Receiver is another spot. The Steelers are pretty loaded at the receiver position. We know this. They may opt to take another one later in the draft, but it just doesn't make sense for the first round. Another spot I would consider is guard. David DeCastro and Kevin Dotson are both good, solid players. Kevin Dotson is on the rise. We know David Castro is nearing the end of his tenure, but he isn't quite there yet, which is something important to keep in mind. So I don't think the Steelers are in the business of looking for a guard. They could be looking for a tackle if the right guy is there, but I definitely think they need a center. Past that, we all know they need a running back. Just because I spoke earlier about them not necessarily being in the market for running back it doesn't necessarily mean they won't draft a running back and don't draft one early. That was just more to do with the press conference and the Steelers really trying to give those non-answers that we know they're famous for. Outside of that, could they go tight end? There really isn't the value there at 24. That's another spot I think we can eliminate. Defensively, I don't think safety makes a whole lot of sense. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, is, the, is going to be the future of this team at that safety spot. Terrell Edmonds, I know the Steelers are very high on him regardless of what Steelers fans think, so I would eliminate both safety spots, especially in the first round. Corner is an option, I just don't really see it, but it is an option. Not likely, but an option. So kind of going through all those, I think it's fair to say uh, that we can get to our list of players that I think have a legitimate shot of being the 24th overall selection in this draft. Or I should say, I would love to see the Steelers trade back if the opportunity arose. I don't think that's likely. However, you never know. But with all that being said, let's get to the likely names that the Steelers could be picking when the 24th selection is on the clock. Of course, some of these guys will probably gone, be gone, be drafted already. Some of these guys will be available. So some of these questions will have to uh, roll out come draft night. Kicking things off on the top of our big board, I want to hit up all the running backs that could potentially be taken. We know the names. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams. Those are kind of the big three running backs. One of the factors that I think we need to keep in mind here is if all three guys are available at 24, I feel like that makes the Steelers less likely to take a running back. And hear me out on this. While they all could be the 24th overall pick, 
the Steelers have a lot of glaring needs. And when you look around the rest of the NFL, there aren't a lot of teams that are handcuffed to taking a running back early. Really, the Steelers are the only team that some uh, analysts want to say have to take a running back. The Steelers could get one of those three guys at 55, or even if they wanted to make a slight jump up past the Arizona Cardinals and get into that 40, those late 40s range. I think that is a possibility. I, I wouldn't be so surprised if the Steelers snubbed a running back only for them to move up and still land one of those three. That seems like to be the better move unless they are able to trade back, add some picks, and then get the running back later in the first or early in the second. I think a trade needs to be involved for them to get a running back. That's just my opinion. I feel like that is something we might see on draft night. Of course, Najee Harris is that kind of uh, super name that the fans love to point to a lot this offseason. He's been the guy that uh, a lot of media, a lot of fans have ran with. Throughout the offseason, you have heard it all when it comes to Harris. Going past him, I think the Steelers' biggest need, and to this day is still the biggest need, is center. One of the other interesting things from the press conference that I didn't mention earlier is that Kevin Colbert specifically singled out this position, not just offensive line, but center in general, and said this is a very deep center class, and he sees starters pretty far down throughout this class. To me, I think that screams them taking it, taking a center on day two of the draft, depending on how the first pick goes and depending on if they add other selections. One of the names I kind of like late in the draft, Josh Myers in that third round spot, I feel like that became more likely. But the centers that potentially would be going around 24, number one, Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey, I know a lot of people originally saw him as a day two pick, but now as we sit here, I think Creed Humphrey is getting a lot of love to be a late first rounder, very early second round pick. He has kind of become the de facto number one center of the draft. Prior to that, Landon Dickerson was kind of the clubhouse leader when it came to the top center of the draft class. The rumors coming out the last couple days, Landon Dickerson's medicals might be scaring some teams off. His stock is definitely dropping, which the Steelers might be able to take advantage of. We don't know that for certain yet. I don't think Dickerson will end up being a first round pick, but I want to include him on my list just because of his elite size, his elite measurables, and if he never had those injury issues, he'd probably be a top 15 pick in this draft class. We need to keep that in mind. Going past the centers, another big spot that I think a lot of people expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to go in is tackle. Tackle is going to be one of the more kind of interesting spots for this draft class. We could see a run early. We could see a run just before the Steelers pick, or we could see a run after the Steelers pick. Really, it's kind of a strange spot. I think Penny Sewell is destined to be a top top 10, top five pick. I, I think that's fair to say. Rashawn Slater could be a top 10 pick. He could go top 12. Christian Derrissaw, he could be a top 10 pick. He could go top 20. Elijah Vera Tucker, he could be a guard. A lot of these names, while I think are doubtful for the Steelers to be in play, I think there's a lot of factors outside that could push them down the draft board. If I think Christian Derrissaw is there at 24, I have to imagine that's the pick. That is someone who could legitimately be a top 10 player in the draft falling to you at 24. That's David DeCastro levels of falling. I can't see the Steelers passing on that. 
outside of that, there's still a number of tackles that should be available around the Steelers slot. Tevin Jenkins, Sam Cosme are the first two that pop to mind. We know the Indianapolis Colts need a tackle. There is potential that if tackles kind of go on a run early, that Jenkins could be off the board a few picks before the Steelers. It is also possible that teams behind the Steelers try to move in front of them to pick off one of these tackles. Could it happen? Potentially. If one of these tackles, say Sam Cosme is the top one left on the board, I could see the Steelers snubbing the spot early because of the depth of the tackle position. The Steelers do not have to be handcuffed to taking a tackle because of how deep this class is, but if someone that is extraordinarily talented is there, there's no reason to snub them because you're able to get a, a good tackle later. Why not get a great one right away? Have, have the left tackle of your future, have the guy that's going to protect Ben in his final years, and have the guy that's going to protect the next quarterback for the early part of his career. It just makes a lot of sense. That being said, I don't know if the board will fall right for the Steelers to get a tackle. <laughs> Moving past them, there really isn't many offensive players that I could see potentially uh, landing in the Steelers' lap. We will get to the defensive guys after the break, and we will get to potentially some trades, some names that the Steelers might be willing to move up for. So hang tight. We will be back with the second half of the live mic coming up in just a moment. It is time for the second half of the Live Mike podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Before we get into the rest of the big board, I think it's a good time to remind everyone that this is draft week if you didn't already know. There is some huge stuff planned at Behind the Steel Curtain, so I just really want to remind you to jump over onto the website, subscribe to wherever you get your podcast to Behind the Steel Curtain. Make sure you're following us on social media. Really, this is kind of our, our Black Friday. This is our big event, the, the biggest weekend for our website, the most content you're going to get. We're going to give you breakdowns. We're going to give you uh, roundtables, analysis, film rooms. Seriously, if you love the draft, if you love prospects, keep it locked on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. By following us on social media, you're going to get that content first. By uh, subscribing to all your podcast providers, you're going to get exclusive podcasts just for you on those sites. So make sure you're doing that because really... If you love the Steelers, you're listening to this podcast, you want more of this great content, you got to be subscribed, you got to be tuned in, and you're not going to get it better anywhere else than BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. All right, the second half of our big board, I know I want to talk about some defensive prospects that could potentially be there for the Steelers, but really, before we start, I do want to talk about the potential for trading up. 
Kevin Colbert did mention in his uh, press conference, pre-draft press conference, that the Steelers likely would not be doing that. They like their eight picks. They need to make those eight picks because they got a lot of holes. I think we all know this about the team. It would just be unsurprising, really, for them to uh, stay put or trade back, just acquire more picks because, really, this, this team is flawed. There are holes. That being said, we all know the most important position there is in football. The quarterback spot. It, it, there's no there's no hiding it. There's no joking around about it. It just comes down to that. Boils down to quarterback being the important slot. It really, in all of professional sports, we know how much Mike Tomlin has his bromance with Justin Fields. We know this. We followed it throughout the offseason. They are tight. Justin Fields is also kind of a prospect that, for whatever reason, seems to be ranked as the number two guy on the board but then all these analysts are kind of predicting him to tumble down the draft slots. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but if for whatever reason I, Justin Fields get past number 10, if he gets to close to where the Patriots are at 15, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers try to jump up for the future of this team. It wouldn't make a lot of sense with the, the theme of the rest of the offseason, but the Steelers to make a move like that would ensure the future of their quarterback position if they think Justin Fields is the next guy, I see no issue with them trading up for quarterback for Justin Fields. Really, this entire process since last season, he was expected to be the number two overall pick. Now, for no fault whatsoever, he seems to be tumbling. Seems like there's a team out there that might be throwing out some maybe negative reports on purpose to try to tank his value for the purpose of being able to just have Justin Fields fall into their lap. That's the only explicable reason for him to be tumbling down these draft boards. So, something to watch. Perhaps the Steelers are able to make a move and lock down their quarterback of the future. That was worth mentioning. Continuing on, though, for realistic shots at 24, there are some defensive prospects available. And really, the strength of the draft after that, those first 20 picks are going to be defensive players, whether you like it or not. Football is such an offensive game that really teams are going to load up on offensive players, potentially five quarterbacks going before the Steelers pick. At least three, maybe four receivers before the Steelers pick. A tight end. Three, four, five potential uh, tackles going before the Steelers pick. Legitimately, most of the top draft picks before the Steelers turn on the clock will be offensive players. Sure, Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, Mika Parsons. There's a couple defensive prospects that will go before the Steelers pick, but mostly it will be offensive guys. The strength of the draft at 24 will be defensive players, regardless of that being the Steelers' need. That's just going to be the fact of the matter. A couple of these guys that I think will be very interesting are players that have a, multiple positions about them. And of course... When it comes to linebacker, there's two guys that I think could potentially be there 24 that do more than just play inside linebacker. Those two guys being Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Zayvon Collins. Now, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, or J-O-K for short, uh, he's the kind of guy that was the highest ranked slot corner in college football last year, despite being a middle linebacker. 
JOK can play as a safety, he can play an inside linebacker, he can play as an outside linebacker, and he can play the slot. Having someone that can play that many roles, it doesn't matter whether or not he's a starter on defense, he's still going to get like 90% of the playing time just playing roles that are those sub packages and giving guys rest. We know outside linebackers, inside linebackers, they can't play the entirety of the game. It, it just it just isn't realistic for a defensive player. It, it, it's more tiresome to play on that side of the football when you're reacting r- rather than having that offensive plan, knowing where the ball is going, being a reactive defensive player. It takes more out of you. You see that every week, TJ Watt playing 80 to 90% of the snaps. It's just the way it is. That's the way it is in football. It is exhausting to be a defensive player. Having a guy like JOK means, well, all of a sudden, now you have a guy that's able to be your inside linebacker, shift to safety on second down, and out to nickel corner on third down. You just don't find versatility like that in a player. The other guy I mentioned, Zayvon Collins, of course, my kind of sweetheart of this draft process, is a monstrous inside linebacker, standing a shade under six foot five. He weighed in at the uh, medical evaluations at 270 pounds. He is a monster. He is a guy that is... uh, is as good as an inside linebacker as he is as an edge rusher. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Steelers could be interested. Instantly, the Steelers' strength of their team would once again be their front seven. Uh, They'd have a guy that could give TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith a rest as as an edge rusher, but they'd also have someone that could play beside Devin Bush for the next 10 to 15 years. Just the pure size of that man and his ability to do really so many incredible things, including how talented he is in coverage for someone his size, is just outstanding. There is good reason why he's my favorite prospect of the draft that could potentially be a Pittsburgh Steeler. If you haven't checked him out, I highly suggest watching his film. He's a stud. That is a guy that you could potentially see also going at 24. He's Ike Taylor's pick. Uh, I know there's been some other rumors where uh, one of the top scouts for the Dallas Cowboys believes that uh, the Steelers have been sniffing around the most on Zayvon Collins compared to other teams. So potentially that could be the name at 24. And really, if it is the name at 24, you might uh, hear me yell uh, from wherever you may be on this planet because I would be a big fan of that pick. The potential is there. The Steelers could be going linebacker to the dismay of so many people that want them to go on the offensive side of the football for the first time since David DeCastro in, what, 2011. It's been a while. Um, The other spot on defense that I think is definitely possible for the Steelers to go is corner. Now, I I think they probably have their corner spots fairly locked down with Cam Sutton and Joe Hayden on the outside. I would prefer them to get more of a physical guy in the middle round, say like a a Sean Wade or an Elijah Molden. That would make more sense to me. But there's always potential they could bump Cam Sutton back to the slot or just simply have a replacement for Joe Hayden one day and just play more traditional uh, style of defense where your nickel's more coverage than he is a, an attacking guy in, in the pass rush, which we saw with Mike Hilton. Just play a completely different role than what Hilton had. That's not unrealistic, but I, I'm not sure if that's exactly what this team is trying to do. Some of those corners they could be taking in the first round, though. I, I think you could lump Asante Samuel Jr. into this mix. Even though I think he's more of an early day two pick, there's potential for him. Uh, Caleb Farley has been slipping because of his back problems. He would be a top five pick if he didn't have those two back surgeries. 
that's a name to watch. I think Greg Newsom II is also a name to watch. Uh, J.C. Horn, although I think he's going to be long gone before the Steelers pick, he would kind of be the uh, the potential drop guy, I suppose, who might be able to fall into this spot. I know some, some people think Eric Stokes is also a name to watch. Right now, I'm just not seeing that. But really, that's kind of that's kind of rounds out the big board for the Steelers at 24. There isn't that many names that you could legitimately pull from right now. And when I look back on, on this list and, and think of what the Steelers really might want to do and think of guys that might be gone and really just this list as a whole, I don't think there's too many players that the Steelers are going to be picking from uh, legitimately and really for people that have followed those kind of uh, draft rules the Steelers go by, uh, those being selecting players out of schools that they attended their pro day, uh, being Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, uh, selecting from the Power Five, etc. Those those kind of draft rules. I think there's a good chance the Steelers kind of uh, sway away from those because basically the players that are going to be available there are a lot of players that the Steelers didn't go watch when it comes to those pro days or, or a smaller school guy. So right now, when you, when you look at the board and try to factor in the rules, all, all of a sudden it's just Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, I suppose Landon Dickerson. Uh, they weren't at Oklahoma. They weren't at Texas. They weren't at Virginia Tech. They were at Notre Dame. So I suppose Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, uh that's really about it. They're at Ohio State, but unless they're trading up for Justin Fields, I can't see another Ohio State guy being in the mix there. So all of a sudden, I feel like you got to start kind of factoring out some of these, uh, some of these quote-unquote draft rules that the Steelers uh, kind of abide by. Just really, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense this year, especially with the potential that Koromoa could be gone, Najee Harris could be gone, heck, even Creed Humphrey might be gone if a team's desperate enough for a center. All of a sudden, the Steelers are kind of looking around like, well, guess we got to go take a guy that we didn't expect to uh, to have here or take a guy that we didn't show too much interest in when it comes to this draft process. I, I could see them forsaking some of these rules. Now, with the names that I kind of listed out and I kind of pluck away uh, the guys that I think are more day two picks and guys that I think will be gone, I think these are the names the Steelers will likely be picking from when it comes to 24. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Creed Humphrey, Tevin Jenkins, Sam Cosme, Zaven Collins, Caleb Farley, and Greg Newsome. I think that's going to be the mix that you see. And there's potential that Farley could go earlier. Once again, those injury issues are the only knock against him. That's kind of the, the list I foresee being the group that the Steelers are picking from at 24. Of course, someone's going to fall. It happens every single year. If that's a left tackle, that could that could instantly jump to the top of the list and be the guy. If the guy that slips is a defensive lineman or a receiver, yeah, I just can't see the Steelers pulling the trigger on a player like that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But with all this being said, we are just a few days away from the draft. These answers that we've so desperately been looking for all offseason will finally have them. It's an exciting time, especially when you're a Steelers fan. Like, I know... 99.9% of you listening are right now. 
The Steelers don't build through free agency. They build through the draft. This is where they acquire their talent. It's an exciting time to be a Steelers fan. It is every single year around draft time. I'm so excited for this process. I'm excited for these picks to get out of the way. I'm so excited to no longer be reading mock drafts, which we know Kevin Colbert made fun of at his press conference. It is a glorious time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So once again... Thank you for tuning in, and I cannot stress enough. Make sure you're subscribing, giving us five stars on your Apple podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Just by doing this and clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com helps support us, helps bring you more great content, which we know you love. Uh, Every hardcore Yinzer Steelers fan knows what I'm talking about. Once again, thank you so much. Next time you hear from me, we will be breaking down the draft picks of the 2021 draft class. I cannot wait. Once again, thank you for listening. My name is Michael Beck. We'll catch you guys next time.